0: Mrs. Grey reading you Chapter 7 Into the Forest I stand on the porch, feeling more awake and alert than ever before. Every drip and rustle echoes louder my ears, and every scent sets my nose twitching. Tonight, the forest feels full of promise. I lift the hurricane lamp from the hook outside the door. The moon is so bright I don't need to light it yet, but further into the forest it will be dark. My claws click across the porch floorboards. I raise my toes to stop the noise, then take one last step into the thick snow. The ice crust prickles against the soles of my feet. Although it's cold it's not uncomfortable. It feels fresh and exciting. I lift my skirt a little and watch my furry feet make giant bear tracks as I sway across the garden, trying to figure out the best way to move my legs and keep my balance. A smile creeps across my face and I suppress the urge to laugh. It's just so ridiculous and impossible like one of Anatoly's stories. If a person can grow bare legs, then all the magical things Anatoly has told me could be true. The arrowhead around my neck shines like the stars, and hope shivers inside me. Hope that in the forest, all the questions swimming through my mind will dry up with answers. At the bottom of the garden, I step beneath the trees, and a gust of wind swirls around my ankles. Its icy fingers rake through my fur and I shudder. Branches snap in the cold and shadows crowd me. Something scurries away through the dark, tangled undergrowth and the screech of an owl pierces the night. My mind whirs with thoughts of other things I might find deep in the forest too. There are dangerous things in Anatoly's stories. Fire dragons who would burn your life away and Yaga who would steal your soul. But more frightening than them are the ordinary dangers I've been warned about since I was little. Wolf packs on the hunt, steadfast and silent. Angry boar that charge with the ferocity of rock falls. Vipers that dart from below. Lynx that pounce from above. And wandering bears that might be startled into wild uncontrollable storms. And there are the tiny things that sneak up unseen. Ticks, caricatures, spiders... And although spring is coming, frostbite still crawls through the air. I suddenly feel as vulnerable as a chick fallen from the nest. The safety and warmth of my and Mamma Mamoshka's house tugs me back suddenly and I fight the urge to turn around. Because if I see the window behind where Mamoshka lies sleeping, I won't be able to do this. And if I don't leave now, tomorrow I'll end up far from the forest with doctors in an unfamiliar town. The answers I seek won't be there. So, with trembling fingers, I check my map. Then, though it makes my eyes burn, I stare straight ahead and take the trail that runs north, deeper into the forest. You don't usually walk at night. Mousetrap leaps onto my shoulder, making me jump. Where are you going? I frown at Mousetrap in confusion. How is it I can understand you? "'It's impolite to answer a question with another question,' Mousetrap trills. "'Sorry,' I say, almost more confused by Mousetrap correcting my manners than I am by him speaking. "'It's just strange to be talking to you.' "'Considering how long we've lived together, it's rather rude that you haven't before. "'I've talked to you lots of times,' I protest. "'It's you who's never talked to me.' ''Of course I have,'' Mousetrap twitches his nose in irritation. ''You just weren't listening.'' I step around, an aspen with a deeply curved trunk. ''That's not true. I've always listened to you, and the birds, and the forest, but none of you have made sense to me before. Not like this.'' ''You obviously weren't listening hard enough.'' I shake my head and sigh. ''This is about more than listening. Something about me has changed.'' Beyond just my legs, something deep inside. The thought is both exciting and nerve-wracking because although understanding animals could be wonderful, and all this change might help me discover the story of my past. I don't know what it means for my future. Don't feel bad about it, Mousetrap squeezes himself into my collar and curls around my neck. Hardly any humans listen. At least you've tried, and you've always been kind to me if a little overprotective, of your garden birds. He smacks his lips together. So, if you're walking alone in the forest at night, I shall accompany you. You may need my protection. A snort escapes from my nose. You find me amusing? Mousetrap rises and rests his claws on my cheek. His black eyes flash tiny daggers of reflected moonlight. I don't mean to offend you, I say, but I'm the biggest, strongest person in my village and you're a tiny house weasel. How can you protect me? You, human girl, know nothing of the snow forest. My ancestors hunted here long before humans came to this region and their knowledge is in my blood. Mousetrap lifts his chin high and his tiny nostrils flare just because my great-grandmother chose to move into your house to help with your mouse problem doesn't make her or her descendants lesser weasels. You, do you know how skilled you have to be to hunt prey beneath your creaking floorboards? I know you're a fine hunter, I nod. I just wonder how you think you'll protect me in the forest. I have faced many enemies more terrifying than you could imagine. Mousetrap settles back onto my shoulder and inspects his claws. They glint like metal and are needle sharp. Once I was in your garden, stalking a rabbit when an owl swooped down. It was three times the size of you, talons longer and fiercer than than your boning knives, were poised to snatch me up. I leapt, twisted in the air and landed on the owl's back. My teeth sunk into its neck. And he screeched with pain. The owl flapped frantically, trying to escape my attack. But my grip didn't weaken. Not even when the owl rose into the air. I clung on tight and the owl carried me across the snow forest for three days and nights. Really? I raised my eyebrows. There are no owls that big. And if there were, I can't imagine Mousetrap riding one. You don't believe me? Mousetrap puffs out his chest. My face flushes. Considering I have bare legs and I'm talking to a weasel, it seems unfair I should doubt Mousetrap's tail. I'm amazed, that's all. I clamber awkwardly on all fours over a fallen cedar blocking the trail. Because my legs are so much bigger and stronger than my arms, I worry I'm going to tumble head over heels. I saw the whole of the snow forest in those three days laid out beneath me like a blanket. Mousetrap waves a paw over an imaginary world beneath his nose. The forest is so vast that when it's morning on the east side, it's night on the west side. It's so far-reaching that you could walk all day every day for months and never find the end of it. Which brings me back to my question, where exactly are you going? I slide a hand into my pocket and curl my fingers around my map, feeling the paper is a comfort. The forest might be immense and I might not know exactly where I'm going, but I have a map to guide me. This trail runs north, I say confidently, and Anatoly has a cabin along it. I'll probably stop for a rest when I reach it. And get some of his freshwater cod. Mousetrap licks his lips. That's a fine mission. How far away is it? I thought you knew all about the forest, I glance at Mousetrap, suppressing a smile. "'I do,' Mousetrap jumps off my shoulder onto a nearby branch, "'but I don't bother myself with trifles such as the exact location of human cabins. "'I think we should get there in an hour or two. I say, hoping it's true. "'I'm not sure of the scale or distances shown on Natalie's map.' "'You think?' Mousetrap stops in his tracks and stares at me. "'You mean you haven't been there before?' "'I have, but it was a long time ago.' I think back to the last time Momochka took me to visit Anatoly. I was about five years old and I ran off after a bird. Momochka couldn't keep up and panicked, thinking I'd be lost forever. She found me, of course, but after that she said it was safer for us to stay in our house and to to let Anatoly do the visiting. My stomach tightens at the thought of Momochka waking to an empty house. She was already upset about my legs, and me disappearing into the forest will give her even more to worry about. I look up into the canopy, hoping something will distract me. But guilty feelings are like thirst or hunger. They gnaw no way at you and are almost impossible to ignore. Mousetrap jumps back onto my shoulder and shakes the snow from his paws. If the cabin is that far away, wake me up when we get there. He scampers down the front of my coat and squeezes into my fur-lined pocket. What happened to protecting me? This is a safe part of the forest, Mousetrap says in a muffled voice, and ends the conversation with a drawn-out, high-pitched yawn. Trees close around the strip of star-filled sky above, and I slow down to let my eyes adjust to the darkness. I don't want to light the hurricane lantern yet. I don't want the hiss and stink of the burning oil to overpower the sounds and scents of the forest. Now that Mousetrap is quiet, I realise how much I've been ignoring my surroundings. I need to pay more attention, be alert for dangers. I stop, hold my breath and listen. Leaves rustle above me. A small bird hops along a branch then flutters away. Frost crackles and the icicles creak. Something scratches, scrambles, darts up a tree. The nighttime noises are unfamiliar. They move differently through the trees and echo louder in my ears. Fear tingles all around me. I stand tall and take another few steps. The new weight of my feet and the feel of my claws is reassuring. It reminds me I'm strong, even stronger than before. I can cope with whatever dangers lie in the forest. But then the trail dips into a tight knot of pines and every drop of starlight vanishes. I stop and squint into the darkness, fumbling in my pocket for matches. I stifle a groan and realise I've forgot to pick some up. Then something moves ahead of me, something large. It knocks a branch, sending a flurry of snow to the ground. My muscles tense. The howl of a wolf, far in the distance, cuts through the air and shatters the strength I felt a moment ago. "'Mousetrap?' I whisper, poking my pocket. "'Are we there yet?' he asks without moving. I swallow back the lump that has formed in my throat. Asking for help feels like lifting a heavy log. I should be strong enough on my own. I peer between the trees again, but all I see is darkness. "'I need your help,' I say finally.' To see. To see what? Something moved up ahead. Mousetrap peeps out and sniffs the air. It's a deer. I sigh with relief and take a step forward. Right into the path of a large grey wolf.